Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Right now in this place, we set our hearts and our, our minds on you, Jesus. And Lord, as we hear these words, they're not my words, they're from you. I pray that you are going to speak to us in this church. God, do as you want to do, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Great are you, Lord. What a great song that is. It's amazing when you sing that song. Um, It just stirs something in you. It takes focus off yourself. And it's like, oh, great are you, Lord. You just want to keep on singing and and lifting up the name of Jesus, um, which is good. But how wonderful to be in the house of God together. Um, Church is not the bricks, the black bricks or the white bricks. The church is not the ceiling. And if you are here today for the first time, the the walls and the ceiling is not going to fall down on you. Um, The church is the people. People of all backgrounds, cultures, experiences, all full of faults and flaws, but we are redeemed people pursuing Christ. Each day we are growing to become more and more in his image. Isn't it true that the more time you spend with someone, the more you become alike? The more time you spend with Christ, the more you become like him. This series we are in is called As It Is In Heaven. Um, I am sharing on week four, and then next week we're going into our Good Friday service at 5 p.m. and Sunday, Easter Sunday service as well, which is amazing. But today, it is future now and future to come. Through Jesus' work on the cross and the subsequent outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are able to have heaven on earth. If you look in the Bible, right back from the beginning, Genesis 1, God has called us not to keep the good news hidden, but we are to be fruitful and multiply, to go out into all the world and make disciples, to expand the borders of Eden until the entire world is combined with heaven. At the beginning of the Bible, and you'll see it in Genesis 2, verse 7, it talks about the earthly garden of Eden. And at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelations, it's the counterpart. It is the heavenly Eden. This heavenly Eden was the final vision that John saw in the book of Revelations. So if we look across the theme of the Bible, everything points back to God wanting to have a personal relationship with him. And we know his answer was Jesus Christ in restoring that. See, in ourselves, there's always going to be this yearning. There's always going to be this longing. There's always going to be, there's something more. Here on earth is temporal. This destination where we are right now, earth, this is not our final destination. And that's why that yearning keeps on going in our hearts because our true fulfillment isn't going to be fulfilled until we are with our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. In Hebrews 13 verse 14, it says this, for we have no city here on earth to be our permanent home, but we seek the city that is destined to come. Or in another version, the city that is intended. Life here on earth is not the final destination. We are designed to be with him. 
Do you know that feeling when you go on a holiday? Um, you have such a great time when you go on a holiday. You pack all your clothes that you need to take. Sometimes it's hard to know whether it's the summer items, the shorts, the jeans, the jackets. Um, and sometimes you've got to take extra baggage on those holidays. But when you go on a holiday, you do all those amazing tourist things and you go and explore um, all that that area has to offer for you. You get to eat the great food that you may not eat. You have takeout. For a mum, when I go on holidays, I want to eat out a little bit more because then I don't have to cook as much or Marty doesn't have to cook as much. Um, it depends who cooks in your household. But there's just something about going in that way and you just can't, you always come home a little bit heavier, don't you, for some reason. Um, but there's just something, when you're on holidays, you do miss your bed or you miss your pillow or even the water pressure of your own shower that you have, don't you? But there is just something, yes, holidays are amazing, but when you walk through that front door and you put your bags down often well I say I don't know about you I'd be like ah oh, it is good to be home and that's how I imagine when we go to heaven we're going to say it is good to be home because this is not our final destination in Revelations 21 it says this look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be with his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. So as believers of Christ and over this series, we've heard about creation, we've heard about the fall and last week was redemption. And we heard from this verse in Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's just as if I have never sinned. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, it's just as if I've never sinned because I am justified because of him. So our point number one today is your kingdom come, your will be done. And that is taken from Matthew 6 verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So your kingdom come. The word kingdom here means to reign. The petition is the expression of a wish that God may reign everywhere, everywhere. And that the gospel of Christ may be advanced everywhere until the world shall be filled with his glory. So in our hearts and in our goings about, let's pray, not my kingdom, but your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's the will of God is that people should obey his law and be holy. We can pray that, hey, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is to pray that his law will be revealed to all of mankind and that we will obey and be loved by him. You know, as parents, we can often have these um, rules and these guidelines within a household. And sometimes as a child, you may think, oh, and you always try to push those boundaries a little bit. I know as a child, I tried to push those boundaries a bit. Um, and it's often until later on in life that you look back at those rules and those guidelines and you're like, those guidelines and those rules in my household were actually for the best of me. And I believe that is just like our relationship with God. When God has these rules or it feels like rules or he's laid out these things to live a godly life, 
It's because he's got you in mind. It's the best interest for you. Yes, we're going to fall short in our lives, but we can pursue a life of holiness. Lord, reveal your law, reveal your will to us in this place today. And when we walk in his will, isn't that the best place to be and the best position to hold? So those first petitions, it's God's name be glorified and his kingdom established. And when we place those first, we learn that his glory and kingdom are of more consequence than our wants and that these should be first in our hearts and our petitions to God. So when you're spending time with God, you're like, Lord, come. We thank you for who you are. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we truly understood the grace God had shown us, our hearts will burn to see the same grace for others. I recall when I was dating Marty and I was living at Port Macquarie at the time and he was living in Morpeth, um, which was about two and a half hours south of Port Macquarie. And we both um, served in youth ministry at the time. And so at the end of youth ministry, when it closed and we packed up, we took it in turns of who would drive to each location. And yes, it was a big call because it was a long trip, but we knew that we were to serve in our local churches and in our own towns because we were passionate for our young people. And young people, if you're here in this place today, I want to encourage you. It may feel inconvenient or maybe unpopular, but place God first in your life. It might be saying no to some things, but I believe that God will bless your future. Um, so in saying that, um, one time um, Marty, he was a uni student and he taught drums um, on the side and I recall a time um, when I was down there, it was on a Saturday and he was frustrated because these people owed him $50. $50, uni student remember, $50. And I think he wanted to take me out for lunch. And if you're a little bit tight, you can't take your girlfriend out for lunch. Anyway, he would just, well, I remember we were driving. And I actually think we were driving to those people's house to knock on the door and collect the money. And I remember I'd had enough because I'd heard it quite a few weekends in a row of these people, they owe me money and blah, blah, blah. And I said, that's it. I've had enough. Take the $50, it's over. It is done. It's paid for. I don't want to hear about it again. <laughs> Isn't it true? We don't deserve his grace. Just like those people, their bill was paid and they didn't even know it. Isn't that like mankind? This world is walking around and they don't even know that the bill that they can't pay has been paid for. We must direct people to him. Right now in your seats, I want you to think about who can I be inviting to Christ? Who in my workplace? Who in my school? Who in my university? My neighbours? Who needs to hear about Jesus Christ? On um, Monday um, and Sunday last week, because we were given those prayer cards out at the door, and I wrote down four names of people who I'm believing for. And so I wrote down a person who I work with and just sent her the image of Easter and a personal text with it. And I sent it to her on the Monday. 
Monday night at our leaders gathering, we're praying for people. And then the next day I went to work and she says, hey, Rachel, I'm so sorry I didn't reply to you, but I'm coming to an Easter service. And I want to, now I'm praying that she will come and believing that no excuses will stop her. But a personal invitation to Jesus Christ. Who can you be praying for? Who can you be inviting to Easter and to Jesus um, this week? Um, let's check out now. We have a video um, from our location um, cans. So Nikki, her name is, she's the pastor up there. So let's check out a video from her. My journey with Christ began when I was 16 years old and my family and I were walking through a significant season in our life, a very um, traumatic time, I would call it. Um, my mother was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and our world was just turned upside down overnight. And it was a very broken and painful time for me and I was really just searching for something that would really ease that pain and help me to deal with what was going on. And I started my first job around the same time at a local fish and chip shop. And there I met some beautiful girls, a little bit older than me, that were followers of Jesus. And they invited me along to church eventually, and I said no a bunch of times. And then one day I just said, you know what, nothing else has worked, so let me give church a go. I went along to a beautiful church of one of my friends in the morning, and I just encountered the, the living God. I encountered peace like I'd never known before, joy like I'd never known before that didn't make sense given my situation that was going on at home. It wasn't long before I became part of the youth ministry and a youth leader. And by the time I was about 17 or 18, I got given my very first life group. I had been a result of somebody reaching out and, and touching me with the gospel message. And so I wanted to do something with my year seven and eight girls that would help facilitate that. And so I got this idea one day to approach a local nursing home in, in, in our city and to just ask them how we could serve them. And what they said to me was, you know what, a lot of these residents that are here, they don't have any family, they don't have any friends, they don't have really any visitors and they're very lonely. And what would be really helpful and really amazing would be if you girls just come and talk to them, just play cards and paint their nails and have a great time with them. It would mean the world to them that they had a visitor. And so that's what we started doing. We would have life group one week. The following week, we would go and visit the nursing home residents. And we would have a blast. It was loads of fun. They would come alive. Um, and through my time there at the nursing home, I actually met a gentleman named Jack. And Jack had had a stroke, and uh, he, was, he was quite young, actually. He was only in his 60s. He had a stroke, and he was paralyzed on one side of his body, and, and he was wheelchair-bound. And so he spent a lot of his time in his room. He spent a lot of time isolated away from the other, other, other residents. And he was very, I guess, depressed and, and, and low. And so I reached out to Jack, and we soon made a friendship. We were good friends with one another. And I started talking to him about God and about church and how God had changed my life and initially wasn't very interested but soon you know with enough relationship and enough sort of chatting and interest in his life he began to open up his heart to the possibility that God might be real. Eventually I invited him along to church and he said no a bunch of times but eventually he said yes. We organized a disability taxi to bring him along and, um, and he loved it. He loved the community, he enjoyed it and so he came back the next week and he came back the next week 
and he came back the next week and finally he came to a point where he was ready to accept Jesus as his Lord and Saviour and he raised his hand and he, he accepted the, that, that Jesus was his Lord and it was just blessed my heart to find him in the nursing home with his Bible open and he wanted to have Bible discussions with me and you know he just came alive. You know, shortly after, Jack got a miracle in his family life. His family lived quite a while away and was disconnected from them. But God did an amazing miracle in reconnecting him with his family that he was estranged from. And he eventually moved from where I was and moved to be closer to them. And it was just such a joyous occasion to see that, that miracle that God brought him and to see him flourishing in his Christian walk. I'm so grateful that God brought Jack across my path and that I was able to influence him into a relationship with Jesus. It was just such a privilege to be a part of that man's journey and his walk. And I look forward to those that God puts in my in my path now that I might play a small part or a big part in uh, seeing them experience the love and uh, the power of God and to see the kingdom of God expanded throughout Cairns. Uh, and across our nation as part of the Elevation Network. It's just such a privilege. Thank you, Nikki. Amazing. And I'm sure there's many people in here today that have stories of well, as well, where they have given out an invitation and seen their, their friends, their colleagues changed for Jesus. Point number two, we are not called to hide the kingdom of God, but to expand it to the ends of the earth until Jesus returns. See, there's many good things that we can do as Christians, but the fact is that most of those good things will happily happen by any other person. If it's donating to um, charities or if it's doing a good work or it's doing an acts of service, anybody can do that. But if we Christians fail to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, who else is going to do that. Here's a verse in the Bible, and it's after when Jesus had um, risen from the dead. It's Mark 16. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And the signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of the Father. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed by his word, by the signs that accompanied it. See, we are called to go. We are called to go out into all the world and make disciples. We are called to go to our neighbours. We are called to go to our work colleagues. We are called to go to our families. We are called I have a bit of fire here right now, and it's um, some fire. We'll get it going in a minute. But we're called to go. We have a flame 
We have the Holy Spirit. We have the greatest message of all. We have hope. We have life. We have the light. And as Christians, if we just hold this flame and keep it to ourselves, how will our people around us in our world know of Jesus Christ? But imagine if we are a church and a people that move out of our homes and out of our comfort zones and we tell the world of Jesus Christ. Because it's let your light shine before men that they may see his, your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I've lit one fire, now I'm going to light another fire. And then imagine if Neve comes and she comes and lights a flame. Can you come and light Kevin's? Might have to take it out. We didn't practice beforehand. <laughs> but go out and make disciples to not keep the message to ourselves. And imagine if we did this, and it gets me excited, I think of our young people, our teenagers, that in their schools, that they have the message of Jesus Christ. Because we all have a message. We all have a story to tell. And as we share our story, it's not about us. It's about bringing glory to God. And as a church and as a people, let's not just do good deeds for our own sake. Andrew's lighting a fire because he's got the message of Jesus Christ and he wants to tell others and Tobin and Kara... Because this world is not our final destination. We're heaven bound. And then I wanted to have a hundred candles here this morning because I was like, wow. If we can light one fire and light another fire and light another fire, what can we do as a people to infiltrate Mandra and the gospel for Jesus Christ? And over this Easter season, I want to encourage us to pray for our people that God has placed on our hearts. Let's give the invitation out. Let's good, do those good deeds so they can praise our Father in heaven and they will see him. And let's right now in this moment, let's just pray. See, when we proclaim the gospel, we're not working for God, we're actually partnering with God. See, I do my part, you do your part. God is the one who ultimately saves. See, the ability to evangelize or even share the gospel of Jesus Christ is not based on whether we have the gift of sharing the good news, but it's rather has the good news transformed you 
has it transformed me? Maybe you're in this place and you don't yet know Jesus. And that's the first call that we're going to put out. I don't know Jesus yet. I've heard about him. But I want to walk in that close and intimate relationship with him. And if you're in this room today and want that, I'd love to invite you to lift up your hand and say, I'm responding to Jesus. I'm saying yes to him. Awesome. I see that hand at the back. Amazing. Yes to Jesus. Amen and amen. Is there anybody else in this room today that would love to know Jesus Christ? Thank you, Lord. You're speaking to hearts today. Just looking across at the right, so your left. If you're in this room, I'd love to know Jesus. Just lift up your hand. He will see you ultimately in the middle and back over to the left. But let's just pray and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life to be Lord and Saviour. Thank you for redeeming me. I choose you to walk with you every day and to know you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And the second call, maybe you've been in this place and just got comfortable in life and you have a fire, but you've hidden it from your work. Maybe you've hidden it from your family or you've just gotten comfortable and you're keeping it in your home. But if you're in this place today and you want to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and have this heart that, Lord, I want to do more for you because my people, my city, my family, they need you. And if you're in this place, I'd love to invite you to stand up and we're going to have a prayer and commit our hearts to him to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're in here now, I want to invite you to stand. Say, yes, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you, to go and make disciples. So when you go and make disciples, we're talking about this in our life group night. When you go and make disciples, that's the multiplication that happens. Just like Andrew went and spread the fire to Tobin and Tobin on to Kara Neve onto Kev. We go and spread the good news. We don't keep it to ourselves. So Jesus, in this place, we come before you as a people, as people that choose to live for you. And I pray, Lord, that in our hearts, if there's been just those embers that just haven't been ignited in a while, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will come and breathe over hearts and lives today, that God, that a fire will dwell within us, that God, we can't contain the message of Jesus Christ. But Lord, I pray as we come and we surrender that, Lord, you're going to come and move and that, Lord, we're going to see our city one for you. We're going to see our family members that don't yet know you, know you, Father. We're going to see our schools, Jesus, come to respond to you. I pray, Lord, in our workplaces as we go and we spread the gospel and the light of Jesus Christ, that our workplaces will know you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do in our hearts today. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Lord, for a boldness to be across our hearts and our lives. That, Lord, as we hear your words, that we will speak up and not be quiet. As we see people around our worlds and our environment, and as you prompt us, Lord, I pray that we will speak up. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.